0: This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Stamps.com. Well, it turns out that a common salt of the earth pillow salesman can't even pull over for a delicious fast food meal without being hounded, raided by the FBI. That's right, my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, was raided. Raided in the drive-thru of a Hardee's restaurant in Mankato, Minnesota. Uh, Sir, this is Hardee's. uh, Where he was not only served a federal subpoena alongside his delicious chicken biscuits, but he also had his cell phone seized by federal agents. The admission was made during Lindell's talk show on right-wing video service Rumble, where he took nearly 10 minutes to describe roughly 30
1: seconds of action. So I'm biting into my delicious famous star, and you know, if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face. It's getting everywhere. I got my bib, and of course, my 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 pillow brand bib. Uh, it's just a pillowcase, an extra one. And, and then you know, I look, and at who the- comes tapping on my window but the goddamn FBI? And I'm like, Brah! Brah! Uh, and then then it's really all over the place. And I, I mean,
0: you're you're kind of joking, but that's that's pretty much how his explanation went.
1: Well, I stopped where I was born in in Sedalia, Mankato, Minnesota, and we go through a Hardee's drive-through. We pull around the back, and we're just about going through. We pull through the drive-through They take the order. We pull up, and she says, pull ahead, you know, because
0: they had to make the order. It wasn't done. It was so bad. It was after watching him describe this interaction between himself and FBI agents, I fully now understand how he is able to complete such marathon-length live streams on his various platforms. He tells stories like Grandpa Simpson, I needed a new heel for my shoes, so I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they called Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Now, to take the ferry cost a nickel, and in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give them five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah, I was in the drive-thru of my local Hardee's when a car full of FBI agents pulled up next to me. It's, it's basically
1: that. Yeah, well, long story short, yes. This did actually happen, not the stuff about the onion on the belt and (laughs) the bees on the coins. Mm -hmm. That's that's from the mind of the Simpsons writers. But Mike Lindell was cornered by the FBI, according to a local field office in Colorado. Uh, The exact details of the stop and what exactly was retrieved from it have yet to be verified by the authorities. So we really only have Mike Lindell's version to go off of. Uh, But he has spoken to numerous outlets since breaking the news on his show, and he, alongside his lawyer provided these outlets with documents, including a subpoena. Lindell claimed in a video posted online Tuesday that FBI agents approached him after he ordered food at a Hardee's drive-thru in Mankato, Minnesota. Mankato, Minnesota. Mankato? I don't know. Uh, Patrick McSweeney, an attorney for Lindell, confirmed in an email to CBS News that the subpoena was served and Lindell's cell phone was confiscated. We pull ahead and the car comes perpendicular and parks a little ways in front of us. And I've been around the block and I said to my buddy, I said, "Uh, that's either a bad guy or it's the FBI, Lindell said in the video. It could be either. I have outstanding debts that I owe to people
0: all over the place. I commit so many crimes. <laughs> who's to say what they're actually after me for? Now, that's either a uniformed agent or the Salamancas. I'm not sure, <laughs> but we're about to find
1: out. We're uh, either going to die or get our phones confiscated. I've been awake for 80 hours, so I'm going to need you to tell me if those FBI agents are real or just a figment of my very, very sleepy imagination. That must have been so much justification <laughs> for all of the shadow people that yeah. he's been seeing over the past
0: couple of months. Yeah. I think the FBI is behind us. Nah, Seriously?
1: here on one of your weirdo... Uh, well, Mr. Lindell, we're with the FBI. Are you guys with the hat, man? The I, one in the corner. I told you they were real. <laughs> <laughs> so Lindell provided
0: CBS News with photos of three pages of what appears to be a subpoena authorized by a federal grand jury in Grand Junction, Colorado. One page shows a subpoena to appear in person before the grand jury on November 3rd, so we do have that to look forward to now. Lindell said during a phone call with CBS News on Wednesday that the subpoena specifically sought his phone and referenced any records on the device related to Dominion Voting Systems, a voting machine company that has sued Lindell and others for defamation. Lindell said FBI agents asked him about Tina Peters, a Mesa County, Colorado clerk, who has been accused by state authorities of allowing an unauthorized person to break into the county's election system in order to search for evidence that would validate Trump's election conspiracy theories. Peters, on September 7th, entered not guilty pleas to three counts of attempting to influence a public servant, criminal impersonation, two counts of conspiracy to commit criminal impersonation, one count of identity theft, first-degree official misconduct, violation of duty, and failing to comply with the Secretary of State. CBS News Colorado reported in August 2021 that the FBI was investigating the Mesa County clerk and recorder's office. It is unclear if Lindell's subpoena was in connection with that investigation.
1: I'd but it the pretty likely. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. If it's for anything, it's probably that. We're uh, we're really uh, curious about this text here where you and this county official uh, seem to coordinate on uh, obtaining and hacking
1: a voting machine. Yeah, seems, seems bad. bad. <laughs> seems like election interference. Hmm. And I was told only Democrats do that. Yeah. But anyway, while it is just another brand using a moment to capitalize on marketing, it should be noted that Mike Lindell is so far off the deep end and so undesirable as a person that Hardee's fell completely fine publicly mocking him for getting (laughs) subpoenaed at their establishment by offering a free breakfast biscuit in their app for anyone who still has a phone. (laughs) (laughs) Following an earlier tweet that suggested people try their pillowy biscuits. Damn. Jesus Christ. Uh, This is the one time I will allow a brand to be a savage on social media. Uh, But Hardee's wasn't the only one getting in on the act, though. Uh, Even Mike Lindell's most trusted associates used this buzz to try and cash in, with the most notable example being a a tweet from Rudy Giuliani, who posted the following amazing image. Breaking news! The FBI sees Mike Lindell's phone. Fight back by shopping at MyPillow.com to support with what appears to be Rudy's promo code for a discount. Yeah. Use code RUDY. Code Rudy, and we need to shop in order to fight this just complete. I don't care if you've got 10 My Pillows already, 20 My Pillows already, 30. You're getting more pillows because Mike needs the money. Luckily, you'll be
0: able to use all of these pillows to pad your very luxurious cell down at the yeah. Insane Asylum. <laughs> these walls, these are My Pillow walls.
1: Uh, So yeah, um, at any rate, this interaction with the FBI, it doesn't seem to have any effect on Mike Lindell's mission. He is dedicated. Mm -hmm. In an interview with ABC News about the meet cute at Hardee's that he (laughs) was involved in, uh, Lindell said, I've been to many jails. I'm not scared to go to jail. I'm trying to save my country. Do love the idea of all
0: these uh, conservative grifters having a little meet cute with the FBI in random locations. Oh, you're here?
1: Wow, what a Look coincidence. Look at us.
0: <laughs> Adorable. Hey, try these bracelets I got for you.
1: This man's not going to do well in jail, I don't think. The last time he was there, it was before uh, he created his pillow company. Mm-hmm. And now the reason he's, he sleeps two hours a week is because his pillows are so comfortable. That's all he needs. But in jail, they don't give you a pillow. They don't let you bring your own pillow. Mm-hmm. They, you sleep on a cot and you eat gruel and you piss in a jar. I feel like despite... The very bad
0: things this guy has done for democracy, that whatever jail you go to, he goes to will punish him by forcing him to use one of his own pillows as a sleeping device. No, they'll, they'll make him use a liberal pillow. Yeah, one of those uh, pillows that were developed by that, uh, well, I can't even remember. One of the those guys, David did.
1: Hogg pillows.
0: <laughs> I don't think he was the one, was he? Uh, oh, think, yeah, he had partnered with a guy. I think to he do was it.
1: initially, and then he's like, oh, this is stupid. Because yeah. people made fun of him. But mm-hmm. the other guy is still, uh, I think, still on the, the liberal pillow. Crusade.
0: There you go. So, yeah, uh, a lot of seemingly unhinged people are currently out there attempting to do whatever it takes to save their country by essentially committing acts of domestic terrorism. Um, I mean, they literally said as much during the CPAC event. We are all domestic terrorists. And since then, they have been trying very hard to prove that point, which is, it was a weird rallying cry because they, by their own admission, did it as like a, a satirical joke on the Democrats, no, that was or something. their
1: MK Ultra-like trigger word. I mean, usually you use something a little like, more subtle. Yeah, usually you're a little <laughs> more subtle with it. But like they were like, no, we are, our uh, you know our special agents, our sleeper cells, not the brightest people. So our uh, we have to be very the keyword upfront. can have no subtlety. It just needs to be we are now all domestic uh, terrorists. Yeah. So since like, that time, what?
0: Uh, it has ramped up for some reason, and that includes phoning in potential bomb threats to a children's hospital in Boston because of claims that went viral regarding gender reassignment surgery on kids. Uh, Here's more on the long and ongoing attack on that hospital from Insider. In recent months, Boston Children's Hospital has been the subject of a sustained harassment related to the airing of grievances pertaining to services they provide to gender diverse and transgender individuals and their families. FBI agent Joe Bonavolanta said at the press conference, The hospital received dozens of hoax threats, individual death threats, and threats of mass casualty, which at times prompted patients to be diverted to different hospitals, the agent said. Great job, everyone. The threats came weeks after posts on social media made claims that the hospital was performing hysterectomies, a surgical procedure that involves removing parts or all of the uterus to minors. One tweet from a popular right-wing account, Libs of TikTok, claiming that the hospital was providing hysterectomies for young girls received more than 1.7 million views. A spokesperson for the hospital told Boston 25 News that the claims are, quote, based on the incorrect statement that Boston Children's performs hysterectomies on minors in connection with transgender care
1: this fucking shit pisses me off so much mostly well mostly for the you know the threats on people's lives and whatnot yeah but more than that because it's just fucking stupid like it's just read the most basic description of what uh transitioning actually means uh it's not all fucking it's not surgical until a very very late stage Mm -hmm. so when someone is transitioning that doesn't mean like I'm going to get my parts chopped up tomorrow. Do a little like, outpatient. That's like step 100. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a lot of transitioning is. Also, uh, this is based off a completely yeah.
0: misconstrued quote anyway.
1: Yeah, it's just fucking bullshit. Like, yeah. I think they they treat transgender patients and maybe in some cases uh, offer puberty blockers, which also not something you can just like wake up one day and decide to get. Yeah. They, you know, doctors have uh, they've taken the Hippocratic Oath and they uh, it's for everyone's good uh it 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 does take a while to get approval for that especially if you are a minor so the idea that anyone is fucking doing gender reassignment surgeries on children anywhere yeah is fucking stupid and you're a stupid person for believing it
0: and also uh because of the numerous threats that have been coming in for weeks now they've had to again like as it said there divert patients but also uh pause fucking other treatments, very important treatments, cool. while they cool. figure it all out. Cool. Cancer treatments, all of that kind of thing. You are literally domestic terrorists. Yes, this is by definition what that is. Oh, I
1: hate this so much.
0: Uh, so, at least one of the people behind the bomb threats has now been arrested and Good. charged for their involvement. Good. Federal authorities arrested a Westfield, Massachusetts woman on a charge of making a fake bomb threat that was called into Boston Children's Hospital on August 30th. Catherine Levy was arrested at her home on Thursday morning, U.S. Attorney Rachel Rollins said during a press conference. Authorities alleged that the suspect was the caller on August 30th who made a false bomb threat to the Boston hospital. Quote, there is a bomb on the way to the hospital. You better evacuate everybody, you sickos, the
1: caller said, according to Rollins. Imagine how fucking embarrassing this is for that woman's like, just family, friends. Like, uh, yeah, so uh, she saw some tweets and they got, the tweets got her real mad. So she, she did a little bit of uh, domestic terrorism. And now, um, now also, our just, lives are ruined. Again,
0: going back to the fact that, like, imagine j- just any hospital treating patients that has to evacuate their fucking patients because yeah. someone is threatening to blow up the place. I'm helping. Huh. Imagine being the family member of someone being treated at that fucking hospital. Anyways, the reporting indicates that Levy was the one responsible for the call made to the hospital in late August, but that she, uh, they specifically pointed out that she was not involved in a separate threat that was phoned in just over a week later. So that's another person that's, uh, I would assume, probably the FBI already knows about and hasn't arrested yet, but who knows? This also comes on the heels of a guilty plea entered by a California man who threatened to commit anti-LGBTQ violence against the dictionary. Jeremy David Hansen, 34, of Rossmore, California, pleaded guilty to one count of interstate communication of threatening communications to commit violence against the employees of Merriam-Webster, and to another count of charging the same offense initially filed in the Eastern District of Texas, targeting the president of the University of North Texas. In a written statement of facts accompanying his plea agreement, Hansen also admitted to sending threatening communications to various corporations, politicians, and others, including the Walt Disney Company, the governor of California, and the mayor of New York City, a New York rabbi, and professors at Loyola Marymount University. What? That's where I went to school. <laughs> uh, Hansen also admitted that he frequently selected the object of his threatening communications because of the gender, gender identity, and or sexual orientation of various persons.
1: is a nice neighborhood too. You could have just continued on with your very nice and easy life, but you had to go and complicate it. Uh, I'm
0: currently, I'm like, a chapter away but from being finished with the Q book, Into the Storm, uh it's Mike Rothschild. Oh yeah, I read that one. It's it's basically it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's it's another one of those like it's happened so recently, but the time vortex
1: of the Trump administration and yeah, that, coronavirus. That book ends like right before COVID, I think. Or I can't remember.
0: Uh so anyways, but it is a it's one of those things where you pull back and when you see everything condensed down into a smaller form where you can digest all of it in a way. It's honestly shocking, but specifically one of the things that that book talks about is how rapidly yeah. people can fall into this Just, rabbit hole. All right, within, I'm crazy now. Within a couple days or weeks, yeah. be the most extreme levels of this type of movement. That obviously talking about QAnon, but a lot of the same crossover here. You would assume. Yeah, I
1: yeah I would I would bet money that the people doing uh, these. Terroristic threats probably uh, have some even weirder beliefs that they didn't get to in this terrorism that they did. And uh, yeah, as it points
0: out, as we've said before, this is just a dangerous version of people needing community through batshit insane things like Flat Earth and shit like that. It's just like this person just clearly needs friends and social interaction. They're going the absolute wrong place to do it, but that's why. Their heart's in the right place. These people should just go adopt no. shelter dogs. I mean, yeah. Although I wouldn't trust them with an animal either. Yeah. At least it would give them
1: companionship, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's check in on Florida's and their governor. God damn it. Ron DeSantis, the presumptive 2024 Republican presidential candidate. We'll see about that. No, I like keeping, Uh, I like saying
0: it because you know it pisses Trump off.
1: Yeah, it's going to be DeSantis, guys. I mean, is there anyone else? Anyone else want to step up? Uh, Yeah, so Ron DeSantis has joined in with other GOP leaders to spend millions of dollars worth of taxpayer money to relocate migrants to other parts of the country in what they describe as a protest of Biden's open border policy another thing that isn't real uh in the past few months migrants from texas have been bussed to areas like washington dc and new york for nothing more than a political stunt uh it's cruel and inhumane to treat people like this but as always you know the cruelty is the point yeah migrants aren't people they're just pawns in our little game mm-hmm. and yeah politicians like DeSantis and texas's greg abbott they literally do not care about these human beings, just that they are using them in an attempt to piss people off. An attempt that has so far um, backfired. And just to clarify a few things here, yes, according to the reporting that we've seen, including statements from DeSantis' own office, the state of Florida, at the behest of its governor, spent $12 million to fly migrants from Texas to Florida to Martha's Vineyard. Um, Yes, you did
0: hear that right. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, took migrants from Texas flew them to florida then flew them to martha's vineyard Hmm. and a lot of them were venezuelan too which where is interesting the communities are very large in florida and there's yeah. already been reported cases where the the uh, upon arriving to like uh, new york city or dc like hey i really want to go to florida where yeah. my family is can and they'll be like okay yeah here's a bus ticket to florida but uh, in a statement to fox news the governor's communications director confirmed and took credit for the stunt saying yes Florida can confirm the two planes with illegal immigrants that arrived in Martha's Vineyard today were part of the state's relocation program to transport illegal immigrants to sanctuary destinations. Uh, now, as for the response in Martha's Vineyard, it was about as good as you could have hoped, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, here's CBS News with more. State Representative Dylan Fernandez, who represents Martha's Vineyard, tweeted, Our island jumped into action, putting together 50 beds, giving everyone a good meal, providing a play area for the children, making sure people have the health care and support they need. We are a community that comes together to support immigrants. Their reporting continued... Town emergency management operations from the six island towns and the sheriff's office, as well as county management, are actively collaborating to develop a coordinated regional response, the statement said, adding, Two emergency shelters have been established at local island churches, with additional space available in case further arrivals occur. And CBS Boston reported that the group of migrants wandered about three and a half miles from the airport to Edgerton, where Barbara Rush of St. Andrew's Church said, Martha's Vineyard Community Services had 50 people sort of literally walk up to their front door. And so they've done the best they can to yeah. take them in and be like, well, let, All right, let's well. get you out of out of the, the street and please a place to stay and some food. Good. Um, it's nice to hear. This is uh, I, I believe it was like Esquire that pointed out. But like literally 60 years ago, the same thing happened where they bust a bunch of African-Americans to uh, I think it was Connecticut or Massachusetts. Uh, it would they literally called it like the reverse freedom ride. So the same thing has been done before and is equally as
1: racist. Yeah, (laughs) when you put it that way, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I did not know about that. Anyway, CBS News immigration reporter Camilo Montoya-Galvez notes that unlike the other cities that Republican governors have chosen as destinations for migrants, Martha's Vineyard is not an urban metropolitan area with a robust social services infrastructure. There are no large refugee or migrant services organizations on the island. There's no Justice Department Immigration Corps where the migrants can attend asylum hearings. There's no ice field office where migrants can check in. As it hasn't been a top destination for recent arrivals, the flights will also raise questions about whether all the migrants transported there on Wednesday knew where they were going. It kind of sounds like you kidnapped these people. (laughs) And Uh, sent them
0: across multiple state lines. uh, Yeah. And uh, there were reports that uh, some of... It's literally human trafficking. Some of the migrants were like, oh, they said... Because they had them sign basically permission slips saying that, like, yeah, I consent to this. But apparently they were told that Uh, their immigration paperwork would be expedited by going through this
1: process. Jesus, this is so fucking stupid and gross. Yeah. Anyway, as for those $12 million used for this stunt, uh, the state claims that this money was just positive interest from the federal government's $8 billion loan that was given to Florida for COVID relief. Uh, so, you know, that does raise plenty more questions. Yeah. Uh, where did the rest of the $12 million go? Where, where the fuck did the $8 billion go considering the state of Florida was barely closed at all during the pandemic and citizens certainly weren't able to access unemployment or or treatment as easily as other states. You remember when Florida had that thing where it was just like, there was no
0: phone line because it was just constantly busy and the website didn't work? Yeah. And Hmm. so, but yeah, still got $8 billion. $8 billion to a state that literally waved
1: the flag of, hey buddy, we're open, come on, party in Florida. Uh, A state that um, should always remember, uh, 50 years from now, we'll need trillions of dollars to avoid uh, ceasing to exist. Yes. If that was my state, I might not be spending money so frivolously. But that's just me. I actually believe in climate change. They don't. So, mm-hmm. I guess that's I guess that's the difference. But yeah, who knows? When you're president, they let you do it. And DeSantis, he would really want to be president. It seems. If, you, if so, no one else is and, wanting to run. If, uh, yeah. If this seat's empty, I guess. The funny thing is, like, DeSantis, like, he does stunts like this, and people like him, but the man has just zero charisma. He can't work a mic. Like, I don't... It, I doesn't, don't... it doesn't matter, because this, the triggering the libs thing works
0: extremely well It in works Florida.
1: extremely well in Florida, yes. and it works extremely well with, like, hardcore Republicans, but I mean, the last two elections have pretty much been chosen by, like, the 25% of the country that just sort of, like, can go either way on things, and, like, I don't know. I feel like Ron DeSantis is just not that appealing to, like, your average centrist voter. Well... It seems like kind of a weenie. As someone who
0: uh, goes to uh, biker bars and stuff like that in Florida when I visit, I can tell you right now that uh, even at establishments that are, like, even slightly, even corporate-owned, there's, like, merch stores with DeSantis merch. Like, it, people love how much of a fucking asshole he is because he's an asshole.
1: Yeah. But that's Florida. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about national. You gotta you gotta you gotta win over 538 electoral votes to get
0: the big seat. I don't know if we can do it. Again, the extremism of it means nothing.
1: It's all about whether there's an R in front of the name for a lot of people. For a lot of people, but I'm talking for the people Trump, see Trump is a dick, but he's good at it. He's funny. He's <laughs> charming. Yeah, it's actually scary when Ron DeSantis does it. Ron DeSantis, like, he can write a mean tweet, he can do a a little mean stunt like this, but he just, he can't. I mean, in the primary, once Trump joins, uh, before getting sent to prison or whatever, uh, you know, he's gonna mop the floor with uh, little Ronnie. I, look,
0: as much as I hate it for the future of humanity, I would love to see a debate between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. Yeah. Both standing exactly the same. Using their hands
1: exactly the same. Yeah. Trump's going to be fucking mean as hell. Yeah. Ron DeSantis can't be mean as hell because if he's mean to Trump, all of Trump's fans who also like him are going to take it personally. I don't think he's going to be president. It'll certainly be something to watch from the
0: sidelines. Well, not exactly from the sidelines because it affects the future of the country. It's really fucked. But yeah, I kind of want to see him debate. Let's do it. Anyways, we do have more news for you in a second. And... Hopefully some of it will be less serious than the stuff we've already covered. But uh, consider this a nice calm break amidst the chaos as we thank Stamps.com for supporting the show. Mm. The holiday season has a way of sneaking up on us. Not me, I plan months in advance, but uh, for a lot of people out there like Elliot, it's, whoa, Christmas is here. Oh, geez. Uh, Now you probably wish that you had more time to prepare for the holidays so that you could spend more time enjoying them. And if you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. If you haven't started preparing for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Luckily, Stamps.com has everything that you need to make your whole life a whole lot easier. It's the 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle.
1: With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and never waste another dollar or minute. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer so you can spend less time at the post office and more time running your business. Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over one million businesses, and with inflation on the rise, every dollar counts. Protect those margins with major discounts on USPS and UPS rates with up to 86% off. Use Stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer, and if you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. Uh, By the way, if you run an online store, Stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces so get ahead of the holiday chaos this year and get started with stamps.com today sign up with promo code news for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code news dump that is stamps.com with code news for a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale all right back into the news now
0: with the absolute dumbest most predictable controversy ever, and what we can only assume is the pinnacle of insanity following weeks of very loud, very stupid people who complain about people of color appearing in fictional shows about dragons and wizards, dwarves and fairies, and of course, mermaids. Now, we're sure that you're aware, despite any normal person's attempts to avoid it, but the conversations around uh, shows like House of the Dragon, The Rings of Power, The Boys, and now a new live-action adaptation of Disney's The Little Mermaid, have been overtly racist under the guise of being legitimate
1: critiques. Listen, I'm just a fan who's concerned about the direction of this adaptation.
0: Now, first off... No, it isn't. Obviously, it isn't racist to dislike a show because of the writing or for any other legitimate reason. And there are plenty of people who dislike certain shows
1: for reasons other than race, obviously. But a lot of them would say, well, no, it's not about race. It's about the wokeism. Yes. They're like which wokeism? Well, the race stuff. But it's mostly about the wokeism.
0: At its core, you would assume it's that too uh, woke. Yeah. Uh but the release of certain shows, all back to back, with fan bases that are very um, critical and outspoken in what they like or don't like, it has seemingly broken people's brains and caused all the typically quiet parts to leak out loud.
1: You, you all look dumb as shit.
0: You're this arguing is so over stupid. fucking
1: elves, you fucking dorks.
0: Yeah, just don't Get watch you. life. Don't, guess what? I didn't watch uh I mean, I watched a couple episodes of Game of Thrones. I didn't really follow it. So you know what? I don't even watch. House of the Dragon. I like Lord of the Rings. And guess what? I've actually, people are going to roast me for this because I'm sure that people have a lot of
1: legitimate concerns about it. But I like the Lord of the Rings show. I think it's great. I've only heard good things, but I've all, well, I've only heard good things from actual people and I've only seen just absolute venom from uh, random weirdos online with like fucking anime profile pictures. So I don't
0: know. Who do I trust? Episode one was a little slow. Episode two and three, I thought were uh, um, awesome. I thought they were amazing. I mean, I'm
1: never going to watch it. But
0: I'm happy for people who like it. I also my the the one that I love specifically. Not is, a Tolkien fan is the the completely unaware anger towards the boys, which is a show that should be like allow allowing for a little like self like introspection.
1: Yeah, also like a lot of like people people who am like, I the baddie? People who watch two entire seasons of the boys and don't get it and finally got to a point where like wait. This show hates conservatives. And it's like, buddy, where have you been for the last 20 hours? Yeah. This show does fucking hate conservatives. And anyone with even the slightest sense for, like, subtext would have picked that up immediately in the first episode. Yeah.
0: Maybe we were wrong when we were, like, critiquing things for not being so blatant and shoved
1: down people's throats. Uh, no, people are fucking... <laughs> people's People suck so bad at media analysis, and I think it's because, well... This is probably an oversimplification, but, um, you know, when for the last decade, like half the movies that come out are just like one episode of the world's longest superhero TV show. um, And, you know, these movies are missing a lot of the key ingredients that historically have been involved in uh, storytelling. I think people have like gotten bad at just like analyzing fiction. And nothing understanding it
0: nothing exemplifies that further than the release of nope a movie that is pretty i thought uh blatant in its uh,
1: messaging and tones but drove people fucking insane because yeah. they weren't spoon-fed everything that's all of his movies that's why I, I love that guy i i want him to make give him all the money let him make movies cuz they his movies it's actually so make money it's so funny how frustrated people and, got uh, with that with yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's like all subtext like, he's basically making art films, but he's Jordan Peele, so he knows how to make them appeal to a wide audience and actually, like, earn money at the box office. I think it's fucking awesome. But yeah, people are bad. There's the... Also, the idea of, like, taking your own meaning out
0: of a piece of art if that means something to you, and maybe it isn't the exact thing that the creator was going for, but, like, having some uh, ability to, like you know, realize things that are yeah. being played out in front of you. It, it just seems like there's a lack of that,
1: maybe on purpose. There's also a lot of people and this this is like the, probably the opposite end of the uh, no black people in my elf show yeah. is the like Tumblr exiles who uh, think every story is uh, a direct morality tale Hmm, and so uh you know breaking bad is a it's a show glorifying like crime Mm -hmm. and uh you know unless walter white like turns to the camera in the last episode and says everything that i did was bad the show is actually glorifying all that um yeah so people are bad at media we should ban media for five years i demand a five-year moratorium on all media Mm -hmm. till we can get to the bottom of this Anyway, but back uh, to the the, the, the mermaid. mermaid, the mer- the fish person. Yeah, yep. uh, fish person, yes. Uh, they released a little trailer to promote Disney's Little Mermaid movie starring uh, Halle Bailey. Not uh, Halle Berry. Yeah, I, she had to field some questions on
0: Twitter. I don't know if it was a troll or not, but it was someone was just like, I can't believe Disney would cast someone in their 50s as a teenage girl. That was one of the things that Halle Berry actually yeah. replied to. It's just like, this has to be a troll. No one could possibly be this stupid. But then I'm constantly surprised by people being that stupid.
1: Anyway, Halle Bailey. Yeah. Not Halle Berry. Is the new Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this immediately went viral uh, and caused... Oh, well, it went viral because a lot of people were excited about, you know, it's a beloved Disney movie. They're like, oh, cool. Another live action Disney movie that you're going to watch it and you would be like, well, now I just... Kind of want to watch the uh, the original, the animated one, because yeah. I liked that better. But it also just created an overwhelming amount of pointless controversy. And uh, we're going to save everyone a lot of time here and just, you know, just say that full-grown adults have spent a lot of time this week crying about a fictional mermaid being mm-hmm. black. A half-human, half-fish hybrid has thrown people into a fit because she is not white. Unrealistic. Yeah. You had me with the fishtail and the shells that somehow very conveniently block the, block the tits, but why would she be black? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's green in the original Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale. So um, yeah, I don't know what the argument so, there is um, that she's not green. Go the, watch Shape of Water. There have cano- canonically been black mermaids in Disney's various spin-offs of the original movie. Um, Also, again, it's a fucking mermaid. It's not real. You're getting mad over a fantasy character, you little dweeb, you sad little dork. (laughs) Touch some fucking grass, please. Go touch the real ocean. Continue walking. I'm pretty sure we already went over all this when the casting was first announced ages ago, and we will continue to see horrifically small-brained critiques about this film for the foreseeable future. But this is a kid's movie about a mermaid. Please, for the love of your god, Whatever it may be, shut the fuck up and let people enjoy things. Jesus. I mean, is this another, in the long line of Disney, just cash-in remakes uh, of their animated films? Yes, absolutely. Sure. Is this a coordinated attempt to destroy the fabric of the country by simply having the audacity to cast someone who isn't white in the role of a fish person? No, I don't think so. People are literally killing their own family members because they've been brain poisoned by posts on Chan sites. I think there are probably more significant things to worry about, so grow the fuck up, fuck you. Yeah. And by the way, this just this week, numerous lives
0: were taken thanks to the QAnon movement, as a man in his fifties shot and killed his wife, his dog, and attempted to kill his daughter, who he wounded, and then was killed by police himself after brandishing a shotgun in his front yard and firing at officers. All in the name of fucking Donald Trump and QAnon, as verified by his other daughter, who luckily wasn't injured in this, uh Rebecca Lannis, who Um, told the Detroit News that her father suffered mental health challenges that she pinned on conspiracy theories and extremist ideologies he picked up online. Rebecca Landis told the News that she was the author of a statement on a subreddit page called QAnon Casualties that blamed her father's issues on the false but widespread conspiracy theory about, among many other things, Trump's leading a top-secret war on a cabal of pedophiles and criminals. She cursed QAnon supporters and said she hopes, quote, the FBI tightens its grip on you. So such conspiracy theorists someday rot in prison and hell for
1: poisoning so many people. Yeah, that subreddit is brutal. And um, she's not mincing words. I mean, and why should she? Her whole family just fucking died. Uh, and yeah, she's like, yeah, my dad was completely fucking normal before Donald Trump. Something uh, something set off a switch in him and he got so convinced that we were you know spying on him or some shit that uh, he killed the whole fucking family.
0: Including the dog, which was shot several times, not to discredit yeah, the actual like, humans that were killed. But uh, the internet uh, watching typically re- re- reacts, or sorry, re- reacts more emotionally strongly to animals. This motherfucker shot his dog
1: multiple times. This was really upsetting because, like, when the news first broke, like, so the news of the, f- the actual murders broke, and then like 30 minutes later, there was the QAnon casualties post. So people on Twitter were like putting it together, like, oh, these are about each other. Like they're literally the same story, mm-hmm. and like so many big conservative like blue check accounts were like quote tweeting posts about that being like lies, lies, false this flag. Is, yep, yep. There's someone, someone's just having a little fun on Reddit. Like we don't know. Why don't you wait for the facts? And it's like no, of course. And like even like journalists who had like looked into it, they're like no, it's absolutely. The post was written by the daughter of this family. Like no, uh, you lived with your wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Like first of all. Not wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. I, I wish... I wish this I wish, didn't happen and I people wish weren't normal. I wish we'd fucking stop. Yes. Anyway, in an interview with Will Sommer at the Daily Beast, uh, Lannis went into more detail about her father's descent into the world of Q and other GOP-led conspiracies. According to his daughter, Igor Lannis was a car designer with no history of violence. She described her parents as once extremely loving, but her father changed after Donald Trump lost 2020. Quote, He had a sense of reality, Rebecca Lannis said. But then, after 2020, when Trump lost, he started going down these crazy rabbit holes. That year, Lannis became fascinated by QAnon and the idea that Joe Biden stole the election. He insisted that family members watch conspiracy theory videos about the 5G cell towers, vaccines, and the election. He started to believe that some world leaders were in fact alien lizard people in disguise, a fringe conspiracy theory even among QAnon supporters. Rebecca Lannis said family members tried to pull her father out of his beliefs, but arguing with him was, quote, pointless. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to talk about something that is actually destroying lives and the country, look no further. It's and right gu- there. And guaranteed,
0: this uh, poor woman who has lost all of her family and has a wounded sister now and is not. going to be harassed oh, by yeah. uh, this Fake. entire fucking Fake. conspiracy theory movement. Yeah, Just the worst. But now, look, we did say half the episode would be light. lighter. <laughs> yeah, wait. This is dark as hell. So let's make fun of crypto. Ba bow pow. A quick one, two, three punch of headlines from this week that really make you wonder if crypto
1: is the future of everything. I mean, they did seemingly pull off the Ethereum merge without Anything going wrong. Which but caused I guess a, we'll see. It caused like another fork
0: where the environmental yeah. damage was just replicated with a offshoot of the coin. Right. But yeah, that was but they always knew that was gonna happen. Hey, that's progress though. I guess. Now first up though, an arrest warrant has been issued for Do Quan, the developer of the cryptocurrencies Luna and Terra USD, aka the stable coin that caused a complete financial <laughs> meltdown of the crypto markets after it fell out of its peg to the US dollar. This, in turn, caused the collapse of certain crypto marketplaces, as well as certain crypto hedge funds. And while that sounds like a good thing for people who dislike crypto, there were also countless human casualties as a result of this. Very real, in a lot of cases, normal people, lost their entire life savings because they made one bad financial decision. A decision that, in a lot of cases, was the result of misleading information and false promises.
1: Yeah, what was it, 20% uh, interest? Yeah, just just uh, an an outrageous
0: return on investment for uh, using your cryptocurrency. Predatory. Yeah.
1: So in the wake of the whole Terra Luna collapse, the central figure behind Luna and Terra just kept on posting, drawing the ire of crypto evangelists and haters alike. Now he's being sought by officials in South Korea. Uh, Here's CNN Business with more. A South Korean court has issued an arrest warrant for Do Kwon, the primary developer of cryptocurrencies Luna and TerraUSD, whose spectacular collapse in May roiled crypto markets around the world. Kwon, also the founder of blockchain platform Terraform Labs, has been accused of fraud by investors in the wake of the collapse. Quote, an arrest warrant has been issued for a total of six people, including Do Kwon, who are currently residing in Singapore, a spokesperson for prosecutors said on Wednesday without elaborating. The arrest order comes after months of investigation, including search and seizure operations at related offices and local cryptocurrency exchanges. Lock him up. <laughs> Have no fear, though, because the crypto revolution is still full steam ahead,
0: at least here in the States, despite the market continuing to falter. And now Starbucks... by the dip. <laughs> ...has thrown its hat in the ring and decided to heavily invest in Web3 and blockchain technology instead of doing the very easy, positive PR move of investing that money into its employees and their well-being. Nah. Fuck them. Are you ready for a truly immersive digital coffee experience? Meta coffee. Well, too bad. It's happening anyway. Here's their pitch. New Starbucks Odyssey experience will offer members the ability to earn and buy digital collectible stamps, NFTs, that will unlock access to new immersive coffee experiences. What the fuck does that mean? I just want bean juice that's going to make me (laughs) go-go. This does kind of play into like the that boober mentality of not being able to walk into a coffee shop uh, without being forced to order like some elaborate 10 ingredient drink. The joke is always just like, I just want black coffee. Can you guys still do that? No, they do. Uh, And now they have to add NFT uh, collaboration to all this. Sir,
1: let me see your NFT wallet. Do I look like I know what an NFT is? I just want a goddamn cup of coffee. Dude, I have literally been with my dad at Starbucks
0: where he's gone. Can I just get a regular cup of coffee, please? Is that on the menu? Yeah, they have it right there. Yeah, literally drip coffee. They're, cheapest thing. They're happy to do it, In too. fact, I think <laughs> they enjoy that you order that yeah. more than no, a fucking they, unicorn milkshake. They appreciate it. Yes. Jesus. Anyways, <laughs> Starbucks has always served as the third place. A place between home and work. A liminal you, space. <laughs> where you feel <laughs> the warmth of connection over coffee, community, and belonging. But no bathrooms for homeless people. That is is not the third place that we want to promote here at Starbucks. You go find
1: a third place out in some bush somewhere.
0: (laughs) The Starbucks Odyssey experience will extend the third place connection to the digital world, said Brady Brewer. (laughs) What a great name for a Starbucks executive, vice president, and chief marketing officer. Maybe he's born with it. Uh, For the first time, we are connecting our Starbucks Rewards loyalty program members, not just to Starbucks, but
1: to each other. Okay, just shut up and tell me what the fuck it is you're pitching to me right now. Stop beating around the bush, Howard. Howard Schultz. No, fucking this is Brady Brewer, you dumbass. Brady Brewer. Fake-ass fake fucking... What are they, uh, Is he a fucking VTuber? Brady Brewer, the new fucking Starbucks... Just tell me what it is you're pitching, Brady. Well, he, if you let him continue, Elliot, he says... That I understand what the third place is. Tell me about the fucking NFTs leveraging
0: web3 technology oh, there it is. will allow our members to access experiences and ownership that was not possible before. Okay. Starbucks Odyssey will transcend the foundational benefits that our Starbucks Rewards members have come to love mm-hmm. and unlock digital, physical, and experiential
1: benefits that are uniquely Starbucks are continued. You suck my dick. What are you talking about, Brady?
0: Also, again, he said nothing in
1: there. Yeah. I gave you another paragraph to uh, get to the fucking point and you fail, sir. We mean this with all due r- respect, sir. Please
0: get your head out of your asshole, but continue to shut the fuck up. Because by just saying words- So did they even explain like what it is? It's an an immersive digital coffee experience. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Um, What is that? Look, they already have like a, uh, I don't go to Starbucks anymore. Thank you. uh, Thank you everyone for the commendations and awards that you're receiving, that I'm receiving right now from you. I no longer drink it at Starbucks. Uh, but uh, I, I choose local coffee shops instead. I know, I know. I love the smell of my own
1: farts. I found this cool local place called the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf.
0: <laughs> it actually is small enough now to probably be its own. Yeah. Uh, you know. I worked in one of those.
1: It was not fun.
0: But uh, based on my prior involvement with the company, they have a loyalty membership where you go and you earn points and then you get free coffee after. It's just going to be that. But for whatever reason, put on the blockchain and then you can be like, oh, do you want a spinning coffee cup? To keep in your Starbucks wallet to show everyone that you went to the location at the uh, Tennessee Nashville Airport, Ugh. Music City Starbucks. I've been there. You can tell because the blockchain says that I uh, that I went there. That's what I really think is the, the, this is going to be because what could it possibly be that changes this marketplace?
1: No Ugh. idea. Luckily, though, one major brand who is already well ingrained in the digital space, has already concluded their experiment with Web3 and NFTs, and it should come as a surprise to absolutely no one that it failed and forced the company to rethink their entire strategy while having the added benefit of wasting a lot of money in the process. We always love to see that. Mm -hmm. And we're obviously talking about uh, those pioneers over at Ubisoft with their Quartz platform, which would provide uh, true ownership of in-game weapons, armor, skins, whatever, complete with ID codes and all that. So, you know who it belongs to. You know? Non-fungible.
0: Yeah, if Uh, you can zoom in to the player's armor that took you down, you could see, and then go on... Oh, shit, this guy's non-fungible. Get the (laughs) fuck out! (laughs) Then you could go on multiple sites to try and figure out who it is, but it belongs to them.
1: So, yeah, from the very second this initiative was announced, like, a year ago, uh, all the way to its abysmal launch a couple months later to its embarrassing resale stats, which put the value of their NFT products at next to nothing, Uh, Ubisoft Quartz was a near-perfect test case for any company that was thinking about dipping their toes in this extremely stupid world. And now, less than a year after it debuted, Ubisoft has put out a statement regarding their foray into Web3 and are now claiming that it was just for uh, research and that the company was, uh, they're they're no longer interested in the uh, Web3 ecosystem. Doing a little your own research. Ubisoft Quartz was a Stanford psychological experiment, and we are now concluding the experiment. Uh, here's Kotaku.
0: As noted by The Gamer from a longer interview by GamesIndustry.biz, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot says the company is now moving away from NFT and blockchain technologies. Indeed, per The Gamer, Guillemot now says the company's early interest in Web3 was little more than research, and that perhaps it didn't communicate that properly. Oh, we,
1: I almost forgot to
0: mention that. Yeah, they... The article does point out that it shouldn't be lost on anyone, that this is the same CEO who had been touting the future of the industry being NFTs just a few short months ago, and even held a company-wide meeting where he told Ubisoft staff that NFTs are just the beginning, which of course resulted in staff responding and telling management that they thought NFTs sucked, even though management had offered the developers an exclusive NFT for their hard work on this project. Oh, thanks. Cool. Um, then they claimed that their own employees just didn't get it when contri- were critiquing the initiative. This all came out in like February. Mm-hmm. They're like, I remember this. They don't understand. They don't. Under- they- we're so early. They don't.
1: They don't know. They're sitting on gold. They
0: don't know how early we are. It turns out that once again, the employees were right, and management just wasted a bunch of time and money for nothing. So there you go. A tale as old as time. The low-level employees were in fact right, wow. and this was all just a giant waste of
1: money. They should switch jobs. Anyway, let's leave you with some actual good news, though, uh, because another YouTuber is about to make it off-platform, and we couldn't be more excited for them. Andrew Callahan and Channel 5 will be making their way to HBO. Uh, They will be making their HBO debut sometime in the near future. It was announced this week that the company acquired a documentary about the January 6th insurrection from Callahan and his team. Mm This is going to be amazing. Yes. It's wild. Um, I mean, this is about as big as you can get. It's a little weird that HBO uh, fired like a million people, and they're like, Oh, but Channel 5, pretty hot YouTube channel, we'll take it.
0: Uh, I, well, the clear thing would be that it costs n- next to nothing to produce.
1: Yeah, well, I hope hope they're all getting paid, at least.
0: Yeah, I hope that they're uh, getting paid handsomely, which I would assume they are.
1: Yeah, but yeah, um, if you've watched Channel 5 or All Gas, No Breaks, you know that this has the potential to be incredible, especially with that HBO budget behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a variety with the details, including some of the big names involved. The documentary will follow Callahan's wild RV journey through America in the months leading up to the January 6th Capitol riot. Callahan directs and serves as an executive producer alongside A24. Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim of the comedy duo Tim and Eric also executive produce. The doc is currently untitled and does not yet have a release date. Yeah, and we,
0: uh, from months ago, knew that Channel 5 was working with Tim and Eric because of the whole all gas, no brakes fallout and how it affected a potential show that they were working on. So, good to see that uh, they're still working together and that they're putting out what appears to be a feature-length movie on HBO Max.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. But in other positive news, it looks like the founder of apparel brand Patagonia has just given the entire company worth billions to charities aimed at fighting climate change. Literally putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah, this is pretty cool, I gotta say. Uh, Out of all the billionaires that do bad things, um, this is actually pretty no. He is...
1: uh... He does get out of having to like ever pay taxes ever again. Which I, I heard. People have pointed out, but like, that's the tax code. He doesn't fucking write that shit.
0: Yeah. And I, I believe there were actual like, uh, He did have to pay uh, uh, millions of dollars in taxes for at least some portion of what was done. In any case,
1: I think it's uh, overall a good thing.
0: Yeah, here's the New York Times. A half century after founding the outdoor apparel maker Patagonia, Yvonne Chouinard, the eccentric rock climber who became a reluctant billionaire with his unconventional spin on capitalism, has given the company away. Rather than selling the company or taking it public, Mr. Schonard, his wife, and two adult children have transferred their ownership of Patagonia, valued at about $3 billion, to a specifically designed trust and a nonprofit organization. They were created to preserve the company's independence and ensure that all of its profits, some $100 million a year, are used to combat climate change and protect undeveloped land around the globe. The unusual move comes at a moment of growing scrutiny for billionaires and corporations whose rhetoric about making the world a better place is often overshadowed by their contributions to the very problems they claim to want to solve. In August, the family irrevocably transferred all the company's voting stock, equivalent to two percent of the overall shares, into a newly established entity known as the Patagonia Purpose Trust. The Chenards then donated the other 98 percent of Patagonia, its common shares, to a newly established nonprofit organization called the Holdfast Collective, which will now be the recipient of all the company's profits and use the funds to combat climate change. Again, this is actually a really good thing. It's it's yeah. I, it's I, putting your money where your mouth is and regardless of whatever any tax benefits are, he's giving away a lot more.
1: Yeah, no. And a
0: continued it's, it's, amount of money, as the company continues to exist, there will be funds going to this
1: project. Yeah, and it's a big sacrifice, I mean, but he's also this guy's, the whole family, they're gonna live well for the rest of their <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, multiple generational uh, wealth, but obviously. But yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate when one of these fucking people can actually see, realize, they're like, oh, I don't actually need $3 billion, maybe I could uh, actually leave a positive impact on the world no, I, I can't with remember, that
0: money. I can't remember the, it's it's obviously infamous by now, but I can't remember the Twitter account that posted it, but it was, I think, a nice, solid idea. Once you hit a billion dollars, you get an award that says, I won capitalism, and you get to constantly make that billion dollars, but anything over that gets fucking sent to social programs. Uh, <laughs> That's it for uh, this week's episode of News Dump. If you uh, haven't had enough, please watch our most recent episodes over here. We have Facebook slash Meta trying and failing yet again to get in touch with the youths, which is always fun to see. And of course, uh, just a story that has continued to dominate the news cycle over the past couple of days with more and more uh, like bigger outlets jumping on this hot trending topic of a chess player potentially cheating using vibrating Remote controlled anal beats. Scandalous. Yes. Check out both of those videos over there. Stay tuned for more weekly weird news. And uh, yeah, have a great weekend.
1: Bye bye.